This is the Busy Blokes Podcast with Jake Batrick and Christian Huggins. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Busy Blokes Podcast. My name is Jake Batrick. I'm a busy guy, but with me as always is health coach extraordinaire and great mate of mine, Christian Huggins. How are you, fella? Bato, I'm busier than a one-armed bartender. How are you, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Understandably, they would be flat stick. Yeah, they would be under the pump. This podcast, boys and girls, is all about providing you busy folk with health hacks, tricks and tips that'll have you feeling healthier, happier and stronger than ever. Bado, we've just passed the uh, the mid-season review, officially into the second half of the season. Um, how are you going? How was the last week? Give Mate, us a, an update. Really good. Really good Ooh. week. We're into the 95s. <gasps> 95.5. Four kilograms. Holy smokes, my brother. I was pushing really hard for a, after a week of uh, no dip. I was really pushing for a, for a full keggy. Um, <laughs> we mate, wanted to go from nothing to zero to 100. <laughs> zero to 100, <laughs> flat out. Uh, but as always, life gets in the way, doesn't That's it? Right. Yeah. And I'm still enjoying myself. So I'll take the 600 gram loss this week, Gossa. I'm 100%. Pretty, pretty chuffed with that. So yeah. Going on that form, Touchwood next week should be in the 94s, which yeah. would be, gee whiz, it'd be exciting. Well, I think what have we got? Like on average, it's been about six or 700 grams last yep. week. Um, and we definitely don't want to get too caught up with the numbers on the scale. Um, we control the controllables because sometimes we can't always control the scale weight. But so what did you do this last week or so that gave you the results on the scale? So we had a work function on the Friday night, mm-hmm. uh, legend alert, straight to the pub, <laughs> Friday night, drink a few drinky He doesn't poos. stop, yeah. Doesn't, just loves beer, can't stop him. <laughs> Put a lid on it. <laughs> but, um, instead of having eight or nine pints of beer, yeah. I was inserting a pint of soda water. Not in between each pint of beer. A bit of spicy water in between. So it cut down the amount of pints I was drinking. And what would normally happen if I go out sometimes is instead of having a pint of soda water before I come home, I'd be having that extra pint. Of beer. Yeah. Of beer. So um, by the time I get home, I'm absolutely belted. Whitewashed. (laughs) Whitewashed. (laughs) Dragging yourself into the shower. Correct. So... That was a big focus to um, split up the the beeries with a couple of spicy waters with oh, uh, nice. lemon and lime. So big tick, big it's tick. Saved, saved a bunch on your health and saved a bunch in your wallet as well. Correct. Had a good time. Had uh, caught up with some uh, really, really fun people and and just really enjoyed myself. But I was a little more responsible than I probably would have yeah. been. I've been okay throughout the throughout the journey, but um, reflecting on it, like prior to this, um, that was a, probably one of my weak points was yeah. over overindulging in yep. in the pints, and um, so that was that was fun. Um, Saturday night came around, and we had a little barbecue at a at a friend's place, and mm-hmm. instead of taking a six pack with me, which I probably old Bado would have normally done, just took the one beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to, I don't know where I heard this, but I wanted to eat my calories instead of drink them on Saturday <laughs> night because uh, our, our great mate Jack, who is, uh, he's very good at, very good around the barbecue. He's oh, done the course, he's done the, all the classes <laughs> and he's got the dry rubs and all of that <laughs> gear and all of that bizzo and he did a phenomenal job. So we had some really yummy homemade burgies and some ribbies and all that sort of oh, stuff. Lovely. So. That was really that was really good and um, yeah. So I think if I'd 
dived into some of Old Bado's habits mm. and overindulging in the beeries, we probably would be talking about a different result today, I think. Yeah, it was kind of like a, a choose-your-own-adventure. Yeah. So you, you went down the path like a of- goosebumps. Yeah. <laughs> Turn to page 54. <laughs> You're dead. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like, yeah. So, in, yeah, instead of, instead of taking a six-pack and enjoying all the ribs and enjoying the burgers, like, you know, just doing it all- you kind of chose what was more, I guess, not important, but like you chose what you'd rather yeah. on that night and that was uh, the food. So that's good. And as we've spoken about in most of these episodes, it's controlling the controllables. Mm-hmm. Um, be very sensible and on my best behaviour during the week so <laughs> yeah. I can do life and enjoy myself on the weekends and that's how life should be. Oh, bloody hell, mate. It's exactly right. Um, an in- another interesting little thing this week Um just to sort of give a little bit of a bow tie onto our sleep two-part extravaganza, mm. I felt about another 25%-ish more energetic. Oh, that's a good way. <laughs> and nice I hadn't really noticed it until sort of over the weekend and, and, and today, but on reflection, it was also a lot of last week as well. I was mm. more up and about. I was, yep. I was feeling good. I just had a little another half pep in my step as well. So that'd be fun to see if that can continue uh, to grow as we, as we get further into this one as well. Yeah. So what did you, what did you put in place um, with regards to the, the sleep, sleep habits this past week or two that you think that have been working so well for you? So we spoke about having a morning routine and a nighttime routine. Yep. Um, we'd sort of been implementing the nighttime routine sort of on our own prior to that. Um, but we really stepped it up a notch mm. last week and getting those goggles out a couple the of nights a week. Yeah, yeah. the dork goggles. Um, stay tuned to the social pipe for a, <laughs> a bit of a how-to <laughs> wear the dork goggles this week. <laughs> Putting the night goggles on and, you know, turning those lights off after we've done the dinner routine. Mm-hmm. Um, what I need to do is put the dork goggles back in sight for the next night. I've found like I was doing yes. it almost every second night because yep. I put them down somewhere else and then forget yeah. to get them again. <laughs> um, the thing I struggled with and I knew I would was the morning routine. Yeah. That's... I'm a terrible, terrible morning person, mm. and I think that's gonna that's gonna take a little bit of extra time to to get my head around. And we spoke about off air just now that you know there's there's habits in life that you can take the easy route and not do it, or you can decide to do the better thing, yeah, uh, and the healthier the, thing, the thing that may not feel good in the moment, yeah, <laughs> but you know it's benefiting you because there's that quote like do the easy things, hard life. Do the hard things, easy life. So sometimes you need to choose hard mm. if you want your life to be better. And my life was so easy <laughs> prior <laughs> to this. It is now, but I was taking every easy route possible prior to doing this. Eating so, a sticky icy pole and your jocks on correct. the couch. I promise, one, before we finish this journey, I will have a cold shower in the morning. And I'll, oh, I'll, that's a challenge. I'll beat that final boss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, let's get stuck into this big two-parter, this Ooh. big beefy thing that we're going to be talking about, yeah, there's stress. A lot, lot of meat and meat and bones, meat and potatoes to get through tonight. All right, Goss, let's get down to the nitty-gritty of stress management. Now, stress this management. is, for me, like I wouldn't necessarily count stress as, as, a, as a health sort of related thing, but oh, unbelievably. Yes, yeah. <laughs> very much. It's so. actually a rather large pillar. Yes, yeah, yeah. Honestly, it honestly is one of the, the the big the big rocks that people need to be focusing on. Maybe it's 
it's such a big rock because people don't focus on it or mm. because people don't think about it as like a health-related pillar. Yep. So what is your definition of stress, Bado? I was thinking about this before, Goss. For me, I'm not, I'm not, I wouldn't classify myself as a stereotypical stress head. I think I'm pretty measured, mm-hmm. um, very laid back. Very laid back. But I'll tell you what does get me. Ikea furniture. <laughs> Absolute blow up central yeah. over my in my neck of the woods. Short fuse alert. Short yeah. fuse alert when it comes to building furniture. Well, that's the thing. Like that question, what is stress? The listeners probably would have thought about it as well. Like maybe a situation popped into their head like Ikea furniture or their job or a person or whatever it might be. Um, but stress is a, it's a very normal reaction. Like, you know, you get stressed out when you're popping the question to your fiance or mm. when you're about to sign the papers on a mortgage or when you're going for a job interview. So it's a very normal reaction to everyday things, but it's also a hardwired survival technique that we've developed over thousands and thousands and thousands of years. So cavemen confronting a woolly mammoth or cavemen getting confronted by a lion or in modern society, seeing someone wearing a dark hoodie who's walking after you at nighttime, you know, that mm. sort of stuff gets those those survival years um, kicked into action. Um, so I'm going to go through, I can't go any further without talking about our nervous system when it comes to the stress response. So we're going to get a bit deep in the weeds here, but bear with me because um, it's really important stuff to know. So Essentially, the nervous system can be broken down in many different areas. We've got the central nervous system, which encapsulates your brain and spinal cord. You've got the peripheral nervous system, which is all the nerves outside the brain and spinal cord. And then within that peripheral nervous system, you've got your somatic nervous system, which is all voluntary control of body movement. So I'm going to grab this tennis ball and throw it, or I'm going to Mm. write on the paper. That's your somatic nervous system. But the one we want to um, focus on today is what's known as your autonomic nervous system, which is all involuntary physiological processes. So these are things you don't have to think about doing like breathing or your heart beating or cells dividing and all that stuff you don't have to think about doing just to kind of keep the body going. So so within the autonomic nervous system, we've got the sympathetic nervous system, which is your fight, flight or freeze response. So you get confronted with you know, a danger and your body either goes into fight, flight or freeze. So either you run, you fight or you pretty much stay, stay still. Um, and then we've got the parasympathetic nervous system, which is your rest and digest state. So we can sum the stress response into three stages. We've got the alarm stage. Number two is the adaptive slash resistance stage. And number three is the exhaustion stage. So the alarm stage in response to a situation or danger, your body goes into pa- like panic mode. Um, your sympathetic nervous system gets activated to protect you from the stress. So you go into fight, flight, or freeze mode. Your brain triggers the adrenal glands to secrete glucocorticoid hormones like cortisol and epinephrine, which is just like a fancy word for adrenaline. The rest of your body is then alerted to these symptoms, equipping you with the emergency fuel and energy in reaction to your panic, which is fight or flight. And this all happens like pretty much instantaneously. You can probably remember the time that you were on the freeway and someone's pulled up in front of you, like out in front of you. And all of a sudden you like touch the brakes and your skin yeah. pricks up, all that stuff. It's pretty much like instantaneous. You, but- feel, you feel your stomach up in your throat. Yeah. You're just like, oh boy. <laughs> yeah. That's, fight. That's fight or flight. Yeah. Been there. So the alarm stage in the short term. The pulse, your pulse increases to send blood to major muscle groups. You start feeling nervous or anxious or unable to kind of switch off because you're meant to be laser focused on whatever the threat might be. Your breathing quickens to send more oxygen around the body. Your skin becomes sensitive and oily so that you're actually slippery when things are trying to grab you. Yeah, right. Yeah, your muscles tense up as you get ready to fight or flee. And if you can forget about digestion or procreation because you want to be focused on survival, which is like all of these things are wicked survival responses if we're getting chased by a lion. Like if I'm confronted yeah. by a lion, I want all of these things to happen. But what other situations cause us to enter the alarm stage? That car pulling out in front of us, like I said before, work deadlines or exams, 
worrying about things, financial struggles or debt, having an argument with family and friends, illness, injury, pregnancy or becoming a parent, organizing events or holidays, getting married, breaking up, poor diet, losing your job, smoking or excessive drinking, the death of a pet or someone close to you. Like there's so many things that can all cause us to enter the alarm stage without us really realizing it. Even everyday tasks such as travel, like sitting for too long um, and environmental toxins can cause us to enter the alarm stage without us realizing it as well. We then move into the adaptive slash resistance stage. So our body attempts to return to homeostasis, which is pretty much its stable state. But when stress reactions like those outlined just then are too strong or triggered too often, our body remains on high alert. And as a result of this constant stress, our body kind of builds up this resistance and tolerance to coexist with those continuous stresses, which isn't a very good thing. Um, But this extended release of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline um, has adverse effects on the body. So like heart problems, um, increased fat storage, decreased immunity, hyperventilation, panic attacks, skin and hair conditions, fertility problems is a massive one, disrupted sleep is a big one, anger, irritability, and more. At the start of this, when I said I don't really associate stress with as a a health factor, (laughs) it's... (laughs) It's more than a big pillar. It's almost like, you know, it's the catalyst for, for a lot of things, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's coming from all angles. Mm. Um, I'll get into a moment talking about um, what I call the stress bucket, but it's, you can imagine, this is what I, I do with clients because you need you need analogies to be able to explain things to clients sometimes just to get the point across. So imagine you've got this empty bucket inside you. It's called the stress bucket. And at different times throughout the day, there's big sloshes going in there. There's drops going in there. Now, these sloshes can be things like an email from your boss that's really quick. Like, you know, I've got to put out this spot fire, so that stresses you out. That's a big slosh in the bucket. Then you might have an argument with your spouse. That's a few drops. Then you might be sitting for too long, so you get in pain. So that's another slosh, another slosh, another slosh, another slosh. If you don't do anything to pour some stress out of that bucket, eventually what's going to happen? It's going to fill up. Yeah, it's going to fill up. It's going to start overflowing. And then you die. And that's when you get to- <laughs> Not cool. Well, <laughs> Well, that's where you get to that overwhelm or the burnout stage um, or chronic illness starts coming on and stuff like that. So when you don't, this is number three, the exhaustion stage, but when you don't give your body the chance to fully return to homeostasis, those emergency resources that you've got, they're fully depleted. Your body starts to shut down, your sleep, mood, mental health start to decline, get digestive issues such as stomach cramps, bloating or nausea, muscle twitches. You get that tired but wired kind of feeling, especially at nighttime. Um, You have a lowered immunity and reduced ability to fight back from illness, loss of libido, which is like your sex drive and impaired fertility as well, because it's not natural to constantly feel like you're being chased by a lion, (laughs) which is pretty modern society. It feels like we're constantly low level being stalked or chased by a lion. Um, But that's why we live in a wonderful place where there's no lions or bears roaming around. (laughs) But there's other things like work emails and whatnot. Hairy bosses. Um, (laughs) So when you think about that stress bucket inside you, like are you in the alarm stage without even realising it? Like if you got confronted by that lion, your bucket gets filled up to the top straight away because you need to be quickly equipped with all of those um, stress hormones and the ability to fight or flee. But you've got that bucket inside you and then a drip goes in for a work deadline. Then you have an argument with a sibling. You're smoking, financial troubles, poor diet, social media, like the comparison, the death of a pet. You're worried about COVID. You're getting crap sweat. Like, you know, all these things are adding those drips or those sloshes into the bucket. So it's really important to when you're sort of feel yourself not being yourself and it's is it really important to identify what's causing that? Oh, 100%. And we'll get into that a little bit today. 
Um, but what I like to do is make sure we're being proactive rather than reactive. So make sure that we're doing things on a daily and weekly basis to pour stress out of that bucket. So we're never getting anywhere close to that kind of overwhelm or that burnout stage. All right. So just to wrap up this section, I'm just going to ask yourself, Bato, and the listeners a couple questions. So considering all the factors that can induce stress, some of which I outlined earlier, how would you rank your overall level of stress right now? So one's no stress and 10's extreme stress. I would say I'm probably about a three or a four. On the low end of the scale. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm As I said, I'm pretty laid back. Yeah. But things that do stress me out is if I know I'm not getting good quality sleep mm. and with my work and shift work, there's day or well, there's weeks where I know I'm going to be sleeping poorly, mm-hmm. and every time you go to bed that night, that stresses you out and stresses me out. Which super anxious, <laughs> yeah. and not as conducive we, to getting good correct. sleep. And as we saw, it ran me down. Yeah, I got sick from it. So that's the sort of stuff that that gets me. Um, yep. on top of building IKEA furniture. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually not surprising that you chose such a low end of the scale because. And this is really, really important to note for any of the males listening. Men generally don't think that they're stressed out. Like they think yeah. they're just, you know, yeah, water off a duck's back or sweeping under yeah. the rug or whatever yeah. it might be. But that stress is creeping up in your body. Like it's not like I'm not trying to be doom and gloom, but the stress is creeping up in your body. So we've got to be proactive and start yeah. doing things about it, no matter where you think you are yeah. on that scale. That line, you might not be able to see it, but it's there creeping <laughs> yeah. in the grass. She's stalking you. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, considering all those factors that may stress you out, um, it's probably going to be uh, a low number as well. Mm. But how would you say you're coping with it all? So one's perfectly and ten's horribly. Yeah, no, uh, pretty good. Another another three, another, another three. three. I think I'm I'm coping pretty pretty nicely at the moment. Ste- steady as she goes. Steady as she goes. So if you just add those numbers up out of twenty, so the lower the number, the better. So one being no stress, ten's extreme stress, yep. and then one's perfectly, ten's horribly. So if you've got a really high number, it means you've got lots of stressful factors and you're probably not coping that well right now. So you make sure you're listening really intently yeah. to all the things we outlined today. But so mine was a six. Yeah. Which is all right. Low. Yeah, it's not yeah. bad. Not bad. Um, what, what's yours? Where Where are you at the moment? Um, what are we at? So all the factors can induce stress. How would you rank your overall level of stress right now? Yeah, I'd probably say I'm yeah four or five or something like that. Yeah, um, definitely lots of things going on: building yep. a house, planning a wedding, um, obviously building a business and stuff like that. So yep. lots of things going flat on in stick. my family. Flat stick. Um, and then uh, coping right now, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on the low end because I put in place a lot of the stuff yep. that I'm going to be talking about today um, and next week as well. Um, but what are your, if you don't mind saying, like mm. personally, what are your top like one to three sources of stress in your life right now? Like what's filling your bucket the most? Definitely getting good quality sleep. And this mm. might not sound like the be all or end all for some people, but I've found that for me, that's a lot of the root cause for the stuff that I don't like happening in my life. Like I'm irritable, yeah. fuses super short, grumpy, like yeah. in terms of how I'm feeling. And on top of that, when I'm feeling like that and tired, like making good choices with food and exercise, all that sort of stuff falls away. Snowballs. Yeah. Snowballs into becoming pretty unhealthy, unhappy mm-hmm. and unenergetic. So that's the big one. I spoke to you before we started recording today. <laughs> I've got three weeks of really nice sleeps coming up. <laughs> so I'm so up and Just about. That's why it. my stress at the moment is very much on the lower end of the scale. It's not a massive worry, but like financial constraints, mm. like we're, we're renovating a house at the moment yep. uh, we've got big travel plans next year so thinking about where 
the funds for those fun things are going to come mm-hmm. from. That sort of, I wouldn't say it really stresses me out, but it's like that line sort of creeping up on me a little bit. It's a little bit of a worry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I sort of just park that and say, well, that's sort of out of my control a yeah. little bit, you know. It's like that'll sort itself out sort of thing. So it's there in the in the back of my mind for sure. Um, Finances are definitely a very common one, especially with people with like young families or families because you've got to, you know, look after another two or three <laughs> other little people, which um, cost money um, and stuff like that. But you just mentioned something there, which was really important, which was controlling what you can control. We've spoken about it quite a few times, but if you're always worrying about things that are outside your control, it's just going to induce so much more anxiety and stress. Like what is the point of like, you know, worrying about things that are outside our control? Like for example, like the weather or that person pulling out in front of you on the freeway or whatever it might be, filling in the blank with something that's outside of your control. There's no point worrying about that stuff. You just control your own thoughts, your own actions. If I had to pick a third one, it would probably be watching my footy team. <laughs> As in like, oh, the, the Colling- oh yeah, Collingwood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, watching the Pies play. We're at oh, time of recording this, we're uh, we're in the finals and it's it's all, <laughs> it's all happening. Yeah. And they keep winning by like a goal or less. So the yeah. games are like super close and stressful. Like, I was Jamie wondering Elliott, why you didn't have any nails left. Yeah. <laughs> Jamie Elliott's <laughs> kicking goals after the siren oh, to win it. And tr- <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, it's fun at the end of it, but it's- um, During, not so During much. it, it's uh, bloody hell. Yeah. <laughs> all right, well- now that we know there's a few things filling your bucket and again, just a plea to the males, make sure you really stay in checked in with this episode because it's probably going to be very, very much so beneficial for you guys more than anyone. So before we get down to business, this stress management part of, of the podcast is a two-part mm-hmm. extravaganza. It's a big meaty sandwich. <laughs> Next week's nitty gritty is super important, isn't it? Yeah. So because the nitty gritty um, of today's episode was really in depth. Um, just from a time perspective, I didn't want to include what we're going to talk about next week, but next week are the two, probably two of the biggest needle movers when it comes to managing your stress, like two of the really big rocks. Today, we're going to talk about six really undervalued and underappreciated ways to be proactive in managing your stress, really important stuff. Um, but next week is going to be super exciting. Sounds juicy. Sounds very juicy. <laughs> Let's get down to business. <laughs> Down to business, stress management part one. What are we What are we working PT towards here? One. So today um, we're going to talk about six things you can do, and there's a lot that goes into each of those six things, but six things you can do to be proactive rather than reactive. So you'll hear me talk about that quite a lot, but it's doing things ahead of time or just being proactive so that your your stress bucket isn't getting as full mm. as, we, as we don't want it to be really. So number one is all about becoming a planner. So being uncertain or unplanned or directionless can bring on those feelings of overwhelm, anxiousness and stress. Like, do you find that you're a, a planner? Is that, is that, does that sound like I'm, I'm in the mark or not really? I'll make it up as I go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just take one day at a time, one step at a time. <laughs> And whatever whatever life throws at me, I just deal with it. Just deal with it in yeah. the moment, yeah. So, so you're I probably could, I could be a lot better at planning. Yeah. So you're probably part of like a the small part of the population that actually can deal with things just getting thrown at you. Like mm. I'm I'm definitely not, and I can happily admit that that like you know things getting thrown on my plate at the last minute or popping up out of nowhere um, definitely kind of brings on overwhelm and anxiousness. But what I've found that's really helped me is planning my schedule using like a daily or weekly uh, planner. So mm. daily planner, like just like a huge to-do list. And if you make a to-do list, a bit of a pro tip, make the first thing on your to-do list, 
make a to-do list. Yeah. Then you, can, you can tick that off straight away. <laughs> off, bang. Get that, get that momentum going. We're off and racing. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Yeah. But those like like lists and schedules and reminders, like those weekly planners and stuff like that, they can all help keep you on track. When we think about as well, like a big project or a big task, sometimes that big project or task can seem really overwhelming inside of our head and we're just bashing it around, freaking out. Um, but sometimes the act of writing down the steps and kind of breaking it into smaller, more manageable pieces makes more sense to us. I th- it's funny you now mention that. I, I do find I I get the list out if it's stuff that's not to do with work. Okay. For me, work is, you know, my job as a journalist, like every day is different and you don't even know what the day is going to throw at you mm. when you rock up to work every day. But if I'm like, got a few days off, midweek days off or whatever it is, and I've got some errands to run and admin yep. and stuff, like I'll, I'll, I'll get a list out for sure just to make sure I'm not being lazy. Well, just keep, just keep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just keep, it helps keep you on track as Correct. well. And like- Bit of guidance. Yeah. And I've just got this, me and my uh, mother-in-law talk about this all the time, but I've got a to-do book and she's got a to-do book, but like it's like this never ending to-do book because you're yeah. constantly throughout the day adding more things onto the end of it and stuff like that and constantly rearranging. But I've just found that's probably been one of the best things for me anyway to help keep me on track and also keep me productive to make sure I'm working towards those bigger goals. But What's really important as well, just to note um, for people who aren't really familiar with this, but you make your to-do list and you can always kind of maybe like color coordinated or just put numbers next to like you're going to prioritize and focus on like one task at a time. So rather than spreading yourself thin and doing little bits of all these different things, like just focus on one task at a time. Are there benefits to having like a day-to-day to-do list sort of book as well as like a you know another book that's like you know goals or almost you know tasks that you know, are upcoming. Once you've done that thing, that's an achievement kind of thing. It might be part of a renovation of your house or something, you know, it's not going to get done that day, almost a separate thing, just to sort of separate them a bit, because I do that a lot where if I've got heaps going on, it's all in my head, Mm. right? And it's just all up there and you're thinking about every single little thing, right? But if you do write it down, it actually looks a lot less work because you go, oh, I've only got to do those five or six things. Yeah. Right? And then you're moving to like, I, I sometimes call, talk about it like as in you've got your boulders, which are like your big goals. And then you can break those down into like your rocks, which are yep. like your smaller projects that work towards your big goals. And then you've got your pebbles and those are like your <laughs> daily tasks. So like yeah. your daily tasks are always moving you towards the rocks, which are always moving you towards those boulders. But just breaking things down into smaller, more manageable pieces. And like for me anyway, my to-do books like you know, I've got my daily tasks, but then I've got like a section down the bottom. Shout out to Spirex. They've got this really cool to-do book. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, down the bottom is just like a, a nice little section where I can just write bigger projects that may not get done exactly that day, but I know I need to get them done over the next week or two. The next one, number two, is to stop being afraid to ask for help because so many of us, or some of us anyway, are perfectionists. Like some of us feel like we need to do it all ourselves. Otherwise it quote unquote, like won't get done properly or we feel like we need to be in control or we just take too much, like far too much on. We're like the yes men or yes women. Um, so some ways we can, you know, get better at asking for help is just try to delegate tasks wherever possible, like whether to, you know, your brother or your sister or a cousin or your partner or your coworkers and stuff like that. Try spreading it out just that little bit. You can let others around you help with those like certain errands and household chores rather than doing them all yourself. You can bring coworkers on to help with certain aspects of a project or even thinking about like automating things. You can do like set up direct debits and like automatic payments. Or if you're not someone who does like doing your yard work because you don't have much time to do that, you can schedule in that yard work or schedule in a cleaner so you can automate these things. So getting help where it's needed um, is super important as well rather than just doing it all ourselves. I reckon I'm an expert at being able to ask for help. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I have no Quality. qualms in asking people to do things for me. Right? <laughs> 
it just helps. It yeah, just it helps. It just helps. That's, maybe that's why he's so laid back. Correct. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So that everyone, everyone else is doing things for me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just focusing on putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. I'd had a chat to someone uh, just a couple of weekends ago about cleaning the house. I'm like, I love cleaning and this is part of the next, um, one of the next steps, but like, I love cleaning it. I just feel like really mindful and it's just, you know, I like having a nice tidy kitchen and whatever, like cleaning up after myself and making my bed and stuff like that. But I don't often do like a huge, huge, crazy, deep, thorough clean of the house. And then I was chatting to someone, they were like, I just can't stand it. Like I just yeah, can't stand it's cleaning. Interesting, hey? But I just, I, you know, I have to do it. I spend a few hours doing it. I'm like, you know, I actually don't have any qualms with paying someone like, you know, 100, 150 bucks, whatever, a cleaner to come in once a fortnight and do yeah. that job for you. So then you can f- spend your time either one doing things that you actually enjoy or spending time with the people you love or number two, spending it more in like your zone of genius, like doing things for your work that bring you in money and stuff yep. like that. I think like I'm the same as you, I reckon. I, I, I enjoy cleaning and mm. there's not a lot better when you've done a really good clean of the house and you can smell that it's cleaner, yeah. it looks cleaner. It's like it's so satisfying, fresh. so fresh and yeah. crisp. Well, that's that's part of the next step is just to start being clean organized and tidy. So you probably heard that saying, and I said it a couple of weeks ago, but cluttered space, cluttered mind. So our physical environment significantly influences our cognition, our emotions, our behaviors, and our brains really like that order and constant like visual reminders of disorganization drain our cognitive resources. It can, can affect our anxiety levels, our sleep and our ability to focus as well. So, you know, you've kind of said it there, like you love the feeling of just having like a nice clean abode um, but yeah, just, just becoming a master cleaner. So enjoying that process, the mindfulness, the clarity, clarity and the tidiness that it brings. Plus you're burning calories through neat. Yeah. hundred well. percent. Yeah, and it. I think it's important too, to do things that you're good at. Like I'm really good at cleaning yeah. <laughs> and I enjoy doing it. Maybe not I'm, so much ironing. Correct. Oh mate, do not Shocking. get me started on ironing. No. So that's a, just back to that point. I'm so glad you brought that up. Like I found a really good dry cleaner around oh, the nice. corner from me that will just iron my shirts for me. Lovely. And like, I don't need to do it every single week. It might be two to three weeks or whatever it is. Um, I went and spent a little bit more money on, you know, shirts for work that don't need to be ironed. You just yeah. wash them and hang them up on a coat and hanger and Bob's your uncle there and <laughs> ready to go. Straight, ready to so go. So making it easier for yourself because ironing stresses me out because I don't know if I need to do it right-handed or left-handed and the cord gets in the way <laughs> and then you burn your shirt again. And, and then the bucket's some, filling like, up. And yeah. That bucket <laughs> starts bucket. filling up and then you die. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a couple couple other ways you can be clean, organized, and tidy. Um, so try not to hoard things. So sometimes it's nice to do pertinent down here in Australia, spring's just sprung. So you do a big bit of spring clean. So get down into those cupboards and chuck out the things you don't need to, you know, put them back to good sammies or, you know, repurpose them, upcycle them, or just sell them on on Facebook Marketplace. There's nothing more triggering than those hoarding shows. Really oh, going God, it's actually oh, disgusting, bro. Like <laughs> just living in your filth. Um, <laughs> and the other one um, is just remember like a place for everything and everything in its place. So just put everything in its place when needed and don't double hand things. So for example, like an easy one is just like, you know, you got your mail out of the mailbox rather than just coming in and just like throwing it all over the kitchen bench like most people would do. Like have a little place for your letters and stuff, like just like a little basket or somewhere like near your kitchen that you can put all that sort of stuff in. Like it's nice and organized and ready to go. Or when you bring something in from the car, like the boot of the car, rather than just chucking it on the floor or the living room, go put it right where it needs to go right away. So stop double handing things. Alrighty, number four is something we've been really focusing on this last eight weeks or so, um, but it's to eat more clean, whole foods. Mm. So just, you know, eating a more balanced diet, 
you know, consisting mainly of whole food sources of carbs, proteins, and fats. Like it really fuels the body and allows for it to perform optimally. Um, and all those like processed and super ultra processed foods are generally laden with added sugar, sodium fillers, additives, colors, preservatives, chemicals, and more. And that can be really kind of taxing on the body to digest. Um, not sure how you've kind of been feeling after including some of these more home cooked meals and stuff like that versus, you know, HJs. Um, but like, do you feel the power? Do you feel the effects? Oh, big time. Like we spoke at the start of the episode, like I'm feeling more energetic and I think a lot of that's to do with better sleep lately. But also I noticed really early on in the journey that when I started eating better, more of these cleaner, wholer foods, I was feeling better almost immediately you know and it's been awesome to see throughout the journey that 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 rise in energy has just continued to grow little bit by little bit Mm -hmm. like you're not going to be the energizer bunny (laughs) straight away (laughs) right it's a it's a little slow process but you do you do feel the difference and and even like the cravings and stuff we've spoken about this as well you know not craving all those other crappy sugary processed foods anymore enjoy them when they they yep. get served to you on a silver platter but you're not reaching for them on a daily basis anymore because those refined carbs like those sugars and cookies and cakes and sweets and soft drink and stuff they can all rapidly elevate your blood sugar as well which mm. is a kind of stress response on the body something that is really important as well when you're in that fight or flight state or that stress state your body diverts all of its resources away from digestion because it's not so focused on digesting that burger if you're about to be lunch for the lion. That makes sense. <laughs> like it doesn't want to focus on digesting foods. Like let's get all the energy to our muscles and let's get ready to fight or flee. And if we're in that low level stressed state by our buckets, just kind of getting drips into it and stuff like that, then we're not digesting our food properly. Mm. So it makes it really important to make sure we're in like a completely non-stressed state when we're eating our food. So make sure we're not at work, like eating in front of our emails or our laptop or like walking around or like having conversations, stuff like that. It's like rather than eating mindlessly, let's eat mindfully. So sit down for meals at a table away from your workspace, just like breathing, like getting into the zone, really appreciating your meal, putting your phone away. So not having any distractions Um, putting your fork down between each bite and try chewing your food like 15 to 20 plus times, like really slow down the process of eating rather than just like shoveling it in and getting Mm. straight back to work. It's funny you say that. I was talking about that with a coworker last week. We always eat at our desk. Mm, No matter what. Just the way it has been probably the way it always will be. So maybe that'll be, that'll be a bonus action step. Oh, bro, for sure. Take your time. Take your time. Yeah. Go sit in a different part of the office. (laughs) Yeah. Honestly, like, yeah, leave, leave your phone at your desk, leave all that stuff behind just take your bottle of water and your your food or whatever and just sit and just just stare into space. Just enjoy your meal. Like, enjoy it. You know, it's, it's nice to have that time away and that kind of eye break and, you know, just break from, from work and emails and all that sort of stuff because you'll find you'll probably be more productive when you get back to your desk anyway. Number five is prioritizing sleep. So lack of sleep can cause a significant increase in your cortisol levels and, you know, ironically <laughs> – Elevated cortisol may actually make it harder to fall asleep um, and make it more difficult to be to stay asleep as well. So pretty much go back to episode six and episode eight where we did part one and two in sleep and just continue implementing all that stuff we learned in the sleep week because you really want to prioritize that high quality sleep. This last one gets me a little bit nervous. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit jittery. <laughs> a little bit jittery. Oh, oh the bucket. Yeah, the bucket's filling um, up. This last one is to reduce your caffeine consumption. Yeah. 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 So caffeine intake has been shown to initiate a stress response, even ever so small. Um, And when paired with outside stresses, caffeine consumption can lead to excessive cortisol production. So if you're someone who's slamming the coffees down day after day, week after week, month after month, it might be time to have a little bit of of time off. So 
it's funny you actually said that because right now I'm on a month off caffeine. Really? Yeah, oh, just, sh- just started. <laughs> so what <laughs> yeah, is it? that one yeah. very quiet. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's just one of those things. Like I think it's I think it's really important to have to cycle on and off caffeine because you know it's not actually the caffeine that makes you energized. Did you know that? No. It's not. So, so what? It's caffeine, between the ears, right? Yeah, so <laughs> caffeine actually plugs these holes in your brain, um, which is like uh, like adenosine receptors. Okay. So when adenosine gets into those receptors, you start to get tired. Right. So caffeine blocks that. So no adenosine oh, is getting inside. Yeah. So it shuts the door on you feeling tired. So it's not like caffeine gives you a boost in energy. No. But it stops you from feeling any dip yeah. in energy. It's a weird way to think about it. It's, it's kind of like magic reverse. trick. Yeah, it's a magic trick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where's the rabbit? Um, <laughs> but you should. But if you if you if you drink a coffee a day, then two coffees a day, then three coffees, and you build yourself up, you can find that that tolerance gets you know out of hand, out of control pretty quickly. So I always um, encourage people to maybe have like a you know a couple of days off a week or at least like a week off a month or every now and then have like a month off it just to kind of like get those um, adenosine receptors like completely flushed out and everything's all good, ready to go. Um, so just make it that goal like to consume less coffee or soft drink or energy drinks or pre-workout. Make a goal to drink more fresh filtered water each day. Um, you can switch to decaf coffees, which is what I'll be switching to. Um, or other herbal teas or decaf teas. Um, and something you can do instead, like if you feel that energy dip, you can try going outside for a walk or just doing some light movement because there's this concept known as piezoelectricity. Mm. And essentially it means that like movement creates energy inside your body. So if you're feeling quite tired, literally five to 10 minutes worth of movement and you'll feel your energy kind of um, rise back up again naturally. The peace day resistance of this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So just to recap, um, we want to start becoming a bit more of a planner um, not be afraid to ask for help, be clean, organized, and tidy, eat more clean whole foods, prioritize that sleepiness, and reduce your caffeine consumption. Bonus thing I'll do this week. I think I have a really good opportunity the way that my work schedule has fallen this week mm. is that I'm going to try and not have coffee this week. Give it a, give it a go. Like You might find that it's really terrible because like, yeah. you're going to have withdrawals and stuff like yeah. that. But um, you know, if you're finding you're depending, like I honestly think that if caffeine was like found out now, like if it was just like this new drug that came onto the market, yeah. it'd probably be like prohibited. Yeah, like, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like it's just this 100%. crazy like amphetamine that yeah. people can take. So like it's just been in, you know, for hundreds or thousands of years, part of like culture yep. and society and stuff like that. So it's just normal to drink coffee and there's a whole culture around it in Melbourne and all that sort of stuff. So um, you just got to make sure that, you know, you, you give your, your body that time to resensitize yourself to that caffeine and actually let it do its, do its work its magic. I reckon I'll last three days. See how you go. See how you go. You might be through the worst days of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so the action steps for this week for yourself, Bato, and the listeners. Um, so I'd like to hear what yours is going to be, Bato. But I want you to choose one to three things outlined in today's episode to implement over the course of the next week. Um, so remember, it's all about experimentation and personalization. So you try things out, you tweak it, keep what's working and toss what doesn't. So it's always worth trying things out. And if it works for your life, awesome. So it could be something as like, you know, plan out my day using a to-do list or to-do book or ask a coworker to help with a project or I'm going to set up my direct debits or whatever it might be. So what do you think your one to three things are going to work on? I think definitely is this is a good opportunity to start using my lists mm. every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm going to need two lists because this is a little boring fact, but my work shifts are now starting at the PM. So I'm, I've got my mornings free mm, for the okay. first time in ages, right? And I'm so pumped. 
so pumped <laughs> to enjoy that for the next three yeah. weeks. So, you know, it gives me the opportunity to get a bit of life admin done in the morning, bit of housework. Um, my floors are so overdue for a clean. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I might actually try implementing two lists, you know, it's a list for home and yeah. all that admin. And then I've got my list at work for just, you know, tick through those little jobs that you've got to get done during the shift. Nice. I like um, it. So that'll be, that'll definitely be one. I think the other two might tie in together and that's prioritizing sleep and reduce caffeine mm. consumption. So I'm going to have a go at not having any coffee this week Ooh. because Challenge I'm not yourself. finishing work until after 10 p.m. Right. Okay. So that's, as we found out, I'm a sleepy bear and that's yeah. getting into the time that I want to be going to sleep. So my bedtimes are going to be a little bit later. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to get sucked into having those like real late p.m. <laughs> coffees. Yeah, right? of course. Because it might, it might throw me a little bit. Loop-de-loop. Loop-de-loop. Yeah. So I think they might be my other two and I'm just going to sort of bundle those in as a little combo. Yeah, nice. All right. So let's just prioritizing sleep. Um, you're going to reduce your caffeine over the next couple of days and just see how, see how it pans out. A bit of a challenge. Um, and then the main one is um, getting those lists out. So having one for home, one for, for work and um, just seeing if you can stick to those and how good it yeah. feels to kind of keep yourself on track throughout the day. Keep an eye on the socials. I'll give you a glimpse at um, those lists and you can rate my handwriting out of 10. <laughs> oh, it's going to be pretty childish. poor, I would have thought. Yeah. yeah. Right, I guess nearly time to wrap up episode nine, but we get to dive into the mailbag again. Yeah, Ring a ding ding. Fish one out. <laughs> what oh, are you call- What's on the end of your rod today, guys? <laughs> Just a red hot question. <laughs> you you know what I mean? Just a red hot question. So Sophia asks via the Instagram pipes, is there a link between exercise and stress? I re- yeah. The thought of exercising used to stress <laughs> me out <laughs> big time. Yeah. I, I think you and I are thinking about this in different ways, but I'd love to yeah. like I'm I think I'm taking in this question in a different way than you are. Oh, but time. I'd love to hear yeah, yeah. what your thoughts are. Um because before we started this, a lot of the time the thought of exercising, because I was overweight, my legs weren't strong, they yeah. hurt, all those factors just led me to park it, that <laughs> thought. And yet I'll revisit it. that <laughs> another <laughs> day. Never did. <laughs> Never did. <laughs> Never did. Yeah. Um, so I think for me, there's a little bit of a link, but now, uh, and probably at the start of the journey too, like it was, cause we spoke about, you know, I actually enjoy cooking. So that sort of side of things for me didn't really stress me yeah. out, but actually making sure I do all these exercises and get them done. That stressed me out a little bit for sure. Was it the doing of the exercises or the making sure you were being consistent with it? Like which? Both. <laughs> both. Yeah. Cause okay. you don't have one without the other. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, true. So I think, um, yeah, it's actually quite true what you're saying. Like a lot of people at the start of their journey or if they're really overweight or have never been into a gym before, it is quite confronting, isn't it? Like it's it's pretty – it's a scary thing to go start exercising or a scary thing to go join the gym. But you can correct me if I'm wrong, a good place to start is exercising at home. Yeah, you know, Away from the eyes of lots of other people, which I'll get into that in a moment. But like, you know, exercising from the comfort of your own living room, finding a good program to follow, like the one we outlined in episode three, I believe mm. it was when we did strength training, we gave one away in there um, and just doing it, you know, by yourself. But when you do finally muster up the courage to go to the gym, just know, and this is like an absolute fact, not many, if anyone is giving a shit about what you are doing in the gym. Yeah. If that makes sense. Like they're only yeah. focused on their, their own workouts and their own things and watching themselves for their own form in the mirror and doing their yeah. own exercise. Like no one actually, like I honestly remember like being in the gym and not caring about what everyone else is. Like I don't, you don't, no one's judging 
you for going to the gym. And if anyone is, they're a piece of shit themselves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Big time. Yeah, big yeah. time. So I think like starting slowly, just using your body weight, doing it from the comfort of your own home, and then eventually when you need to progress to that next thing, which is like holding weights and stuff like that, like just get yourself into the gym, just just bite the bullet and get in there because you, you never look back afterwards. I think I wouldn't have been able to do it if I wasn't working out from home. Yeah. Definitely to start with. But now that I'm comfortable and confident with what mm. I'm doing, feeling a bit stronger. Yep. I'm not going to rule it out. There could be a feature of me in a, in a gym. Yeah. Not <laughs> Swole bats. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. Um, well, the way that I took that question is there is a link between um, exercise and stress. Um, I took that as like, can exercise help stress? So like that's yeah. the way that I was looking at it. Like, you know, if you're stressed out, can exercise help? And 100% the studies are pretty resounding, a big resounding yes, it can help. Um, exercise in studies is showing that it um, can be as good, if not better, than medication for mild to moderate forms of depression and anxiety. So it's actually working with the body um, rather than taking this exogenous like tablet mm. um, to help fix that. Um, but the endorphins that get released, all those happy hormones and stuff like that, those happiness chemicals getting released after you do an exercise is actually obviously bringing you less, you know, making you less stressed and bringing you to a better place as well. Um, but it's definitely a, a dose makes the poison because if you go out there and punish yourself for like four hours on the freaking cross trainer and like you're sweating and like you're sore. That's very stressful on the body, like a bit yeah. too much. So, you know, there's obviously a dose makes the poison and those exercise routines that I outlined in um, episode three are, are pretty good for, for the majority of people. They are designed to ease you into exercising again. And with, with the right kinds of exercises, yeah. you know what I mean? Like YouTube's a great gold mine for um, lots of exercise demos and stuff like that. But the issue I have with YouTube full workouts, like YouTube workouts is they're usually like quick, go, 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 get this person sweaty as much yeah. as possible and out of breath. And then they're like, you know, 15 minutes and done. And, you know, that might get you results for three weeks, maybe four weeks, but you're quickly going to plateau in yep. your results. So you got to follow like a good strength training program that includes the right kinds of exercises, the right amount of rest periods, all that sort of stuff. Um, and I gave you a good like entry level kind of routine um, in episode three. So definitely check that out if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, to answer Sophia's question, Bato hit the nail on the head that it could be stressful from the sense of like, I don't want to do this or this is <laughs> yeah. freaking me out. Um, and it could be stressful. Um, and, and from my perspective, it can definitely, exercise can definitely help with stress um, in many more ways than one. All right, Gossa, I reckon this has been one of the all-time great episodes of the Busy Bloke podcast. I've loved it. Very insightful. Uh, you've been funny. I've been not too bad. <laughs> but just to wrap up, is there a crispy little gold nugget of wisdom that we can leave everybody, including me, with today. All right, my crispy gold nugget today is all about um, a little bit about gratitude. So an instant way to turn yourself into a grateful person and thus reduce your stress is to change your have-tos to get-tos, i.e. you don't have to go to work, you don't have to go exercise, you don't have to go to the shops and do the food shopping, you don't have to go pick your kids up. You get to do all those things. You get to exercise. You get to go to work. You get to go do the food shopping. You get to pick your kids up. So it's an instant way to turn yourself into a gratefulness monster um, and start feeling the effects of and the positivity that gratitude brings. I love that a lot. I reckon that's your crispiest yet. <laughs> I reckon. That was delicious. That was tasty. Speaking of crispy, that's all we've got time for this week. Thanks for listening to the Busy Blokes podcast, your one-stop shop for the best bang for your buck health hacks. Head over to our Instagram page at Busy Blokes Podcast for more tips and tricks to help you become healthier and happier. And you can find me on Instagram at Health Coach Christian. If you have any questions or just want to share your stories, email us at 
busyblokespodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Insta. Thanks to Damon Sutton for your audio wizardry behind the scenes legend. Really appreciate it, mate. Tune in next week as we tackle stress again, part two of this big juicy extravaganza. (laughs) Yes, the big rocks, the big rocks. I'm really excited about it. And we'll see you then. Love you, Dad. Dad.